I wrote this song called Younger Man. I think it was about 2007. I lived in Berlin and I realized pretty much everyone I've dated except Joey Ramone and a certain German that I know had been, actually no, everyone I've ever dated apart from Joey Ramone has been younger than me. So I wrote this song called Younger Man. I had a band at the time in Berlin called Bitchfest. Keep in mind, for the record once more, I am not German. I don't have any German blood whatsoever. My last name is Stein because I was married to a German named Ben Stein, Benjamin Stein. Anyhow, I just kept the name. We peacefully parted ways, but I kept the name because my daughter has the name and now my son has the name. So anyhow, I lived in Germany. I got tired of waiting in line at karaoke bars to sing. Seriously, you have to wait sometimes two hours to sing one song. It gets tedious, okay? And that's why people drink so much in the bar because they're fucking bored out of their mind. And I go to bars for one reason, to sing. I've never ever gone to a bar to drink. I don't care much for drinking. I go to sing. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make my own band. Then I don't have to wait in line to sing. I'll sing every song. Okay. So I formed this band called Bitch Fest. I had Frank on bass, Tobias on guitar, Zanzi on drums. We also had another guitar player. Or was Tobias on bass at the time? Anyways, it's so hard for me to remember everybody's names. Timo. Timo was also on guitar. So we had a couple guitar players coming and going. I think on this particular track, Younger Man, we had uh, Timo on guitar, Tob Tobias on bass, and Zanzi on drums, and me on vocals. So I wrote the lyrics. I came up with the melody a little bit and the band tightened it. Okay, so I wrote the words to the song. And as far as I know, this is the only song written by a woman about younger men. There's loads of songs written about younger women, isn't there? Like, she was only 16, only 16, oh, I loved her so. And what about Ringo Starr? Um, you're 16, you're beautiful. And you're mine. Although I don't think it's actually Ringo's song. And the other one, young girl, get out of my heart. My love for you is way out of line. But a run, girl, you're much too. And there's good morning, little schoolgirl. And so on and so on. There's tons of songs um, about younger women written by men. So there's got to be one song written about younger men and I wrote it younger man it's called and the lyrics are great I think and um, the song is very catchy we laid this down in two goes we did it once we did it a second time and boom that was it so it's not the best but I think it's really rocking I love this song and I wanted to get it out there into the internet for people to enjoy. 
I have to make a better video to go along with it though because when I put it up onto YouTube um, I just found a bunch of pictures of guys that I knew some that I had dated but mostly guys I've known there's even a couple pictures in there of guys I don't even think I know one I met on a plane I was like oh can I take a picture and put it in there I made a montage of pictures of younger men to go along with this song I think I'm gonna have to make a better video to go along with the song because you know how people are nowadays they don't want to um, just listen to something they want to see the video that goes along with it I guess I don't know anyways this is my song it's um pretty fucking cool if you ask me and um, I wanted to share it with you and get it out there you know one other thing you might ask yourself well why did the band break up what happened what happened to bitch fest why aren't you still in the band well there's a lot of good reasons for that reason number one it's too much work to be in a band are you fucking kidding me you have to rehearse like three times a week you have to beg everyone you know to come to your gigs which is humiliating then there's the payment thing bar owners or club owners they don't really want to pay much at all in fact in Manhattan you have to pay to get on stage and play in front of an audience not kidding I know for a fact because I was hanging around with some bands when I first moved back to America in 2002 you have you have to fucking pay to sing the same with being a stand-up comedian you have to bring like 15 paying guests or whatever so in Berlin um, we played at white trash and the man uh, the owner of the club Wally was like we're gonna give everybody there was five people in the band at one point we're gonna give everybody um, 100 euros each but by the end of the night they were like well we didn't sell as many tickets as we thought so we're giving everybody 50 euros each the first gig we all got a hundred second time third time we got 50 each so I'm thinking fucking $50 for all that work I was the one paying for the rehearsal rooms by the way because my as most musicians are they don't have much money especially in Berlin they're just artists or musicians whatever and I had a lot of money in 2007 with my company it was going great my massage company was going great so I paid for the rehearsal rooms you know it was like 15 euros an hour and we rented it for three hours two or three times a week so I always paid for the rehearsal room and sometimes we'd go out to eat and drink after and I'd pay for that too I was very generous I didn't have Desmond at this point okay Jasmine was grown up Desmond wasn't even a thought in my mind yet and yeah I'm very generous and was uh, taking care of business and I I also paid for the flyers every time we had a gig I paid for the flyers sometimes it was 500 euros to have really nice flyers printed out to pass out to everybody go to bars leave them on counters and so on to advertise for the band I'm like so not only was I not making money I was losing a lot of money and losing a lot of time and um, you know people in bands end up being in more than one band so that they can earn something you know so let's say my bass player was in like a couple different bands and the guitar player was in a couple different bands actually our guitar player Timo T-H-I-M-O he went into a German band called Ich und Ich I-C-H und the word und 
ICH, Ich und Ich, which was, became pretty popular. I mean, he was fucking doing very, very well. So we were honored to have him. And Zanzi became, Zanzi the drummer learned guitar and became a guitarist. So anyways, people just evolve all the time and bands break up and so on. But we were all still friends. It wasn't like we broke up because of that. It's just I got too busy with my massage company and um, I wasn't making any money. It was so exhausting. I mean, I went on TV. I went on German MTV. They interviewed me about my band and I wrote the word bitch fest or somebody. I think Zanzi wrote bitch fest across my ass with a giant Sharpie. Like one cheek said bitch and the other cheek said fest, bitch fest. And um, as it was live TV, it was MTV live in Germany. And I'm famous in Germany. I know that sounds ridiculous. So is David Hasselhoff, who gives a fuck. But I was on MTV Live. And right during the interview, I stood up, turned around, pulled down my pants, and and mooned them so they could see the word bitch fest on my ass. It was pretty funny, pretty shocking. What are you going to do on live TV? There's not much they can do, right? So I knew that was going to be a good opportunity to shock the press. And so I used it, you know, for shock value to get a lot of people to come to our gig um i have a picture of it still on my laptop so maybe i'll add it as the thumbnail to this particular podcast okay the band was called bitch fest which was my idea and there was only one bitch in the band which was me everybody else was guys although for our first couple i think our first couple of gigs gigs we had backup singers and backup dancers and stuff it was pretty cool we had daniela from canada doing backing vocals and Vitri she was from I think she's from Vietnam she was a fucking great vocalist on her own she could have had her own band and then we had Shay a super dumb but good-looking blonde from America dancing um yeah there's pictures of all that stuff too I think if you google bitch fest dr dot blog you'll see the first gig was the best ever by the way it was fucking packed and all of the German press was there and we had like um, a groupie contest it was really funny like if you wanted to meet the band backstage after <laughs> it was oh my god it was hilarious it was hilarious so I, it was fun being a rock star for a little while but now I appreciate them even so much more because I know how hard it is I mean Jesus forget it and I only managed, actually, I wrote the lyrics for two songs. What was the other one called? Hedgehog. It was about a, a British boy that I was kind of hanging out with a little bit. Um, it was an, it was a, it was a Taylor Swift kind of move. I wrote, I wrote like a nasty song about a guy. <laughs> the lyrics are funny. I think, oh, it was called Adios Hedgehogs. That's what it was. Adios Hedgehog. Wow. I totally took the piss out of this guy. I think the lyrics are on a blog. Like if you Google Dr. Dot blog, Adios Hedgehog, wow, I fucking skate this guy. I don't even think Taylor Swift was born in 2007, so it was my idea first. I scathed him. And then I wrote Younger Man. So the only song that came to light, actually, I think we even might have a track somewhere for Adios Hedgehog, like a very rough draft. But Younger Man made it to fruition. And um, so here it's coming up. I'll let you listen to it. And now that's why I'm not in a band. So back to karaoke, you know. 
because a band's too much work. <laughs> Fucking, it really is. So now I get my kicks singing once in a while. I go out to karaoke and I'll tell you the struggle is real. You still have to fucking wait forever to sing. The politics of karaoke. Oh my God. I would love to write a screenplay about it. In fact, I started to. The idea was great, but um, a manager in the music business, a friend of mine said, forget the idea dot. And I'm like, why? He goes, because you'll have to have permission from every fucking artist that you use in the movie of course if you write a movie about karaoke you're going to be singing in the movie karaoke you know there's going to be scenes in karaoke bars right well apparently you have to get written permission from every song that you want to sing in the movie and he said no it's never going to work so forget it too bad because I have a very very funny idea for a karaoke screenplay the best actually and the world does need a kick-ass karaoke movie because as far as I know, there's only one called Duets and it's kind of boring. Um, so yeah, you go into a karaoke bar and one thing I hate the most about karaoke is when a DJ sings all the time. Like if you're a karaoke DJ, you should sing one song, the first song, so that you can set the, the levels, the sound, make sure the sound, like a sound check. Sing one song. And then just let everybody else sing. Unless there's only like two people there. Then obviously throw yourself into the rotation. But when it takes a fucking hour to get up there and sing, you shouldn't be singing. You should not do that. It's rude. I know certain DJs, I'm not going to say any names, here in New Jersey, they sing so much. It's unbelievable. There was actually one in Berlin too named Sheldon. Oh my God. He called himself Okie Dokie Karaoke. He was from Kansas. I got him a job at an Irish bar called Oscar Wilde. And what a, I regret that because he sang so much. Like not only did he sing the first song and the last song, but he sang like every rotation. And he also did duets with people and, and so on and so on and backing vocals for everyone. It's like, dude, it's, people aren't coming to see the DJ sing. They're coming so they can fucking sing. You know what I mean? And you're probably thinking, oh, that sounds really petty, Dr. Dot. Why can't the DJ sing? Well, they should. They should become a singer in a band. If you like to sing, do not become a karaoke DJ, okay? Because it's horrifically embarrassing if you sing all the time when you're a karaoke DJ. It's horrible. Do not do it. It's a big faux pas. No, 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 no. So there's that. And then when you go to karaoke, you know, there's always drunks who want to start fights and people spilling shit on you and the sound isn't always good. That's the thing. I'm really picky about sound. I love good sound. Who doesn't? I mean, some people I don't care, I guess, but I appreciate surround sound. I appreciate good sound. And um, it's really hard to find a, a DJ that has all the songs, B, good sound, C, a DJ that isn't an egomaniac that sings every fucking five songs. It's so hard to get it right. The best karaoke I've ever experienced in my life, hands down, was in Moscow. I think I went there in 2017, the spring of 2017 for television. I was there for two weeks and, um, or maybe 10 days. Yeah, 10 days, not, not even two weeks, 10 days. And I went out to karaoke every single night. There's a place uh, called 24 Karaoke, Moscow 24 Karaoke or something. Also, I wrote a blog about it. And um, 
or did I? No, I didn't. Uh, they have karaoke. I'm not kidding you. It's open 24-7. I'm not exaggerating. It's literally, it never closes. You can show up at Monday morning at 3 a.m. It's got it going on. It's unbelievable. And it had the best sound I've ever experienced in my life. It was round inside, like, you know, the club was round. And they had um, 10 tables, 10 tables around like a clock. And in the center was the stage. And guess what the best part was? Each table got to sing one song only. So the rotation was fast and it went counterclockwise. So even if there's 17 people at a table, no, 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 no. We're not going to wait for all you fucking 17 people to sing, okay? No. One song per table. Boom, 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 boom. And it went so good like that. It was perfect. The DJ had every fucking song you can imagine. And I was the only one singing in English, by the way. It was hilarious. But by the time the 10 days was over, I had... I was so hoarse. I sounded like Joe Cocker. <laughs> it was crazy. But if I had a couple extra million dollars laying around, I would open my own karaoke bar. Six nights a week, karaoke, yeah? From 5 p.m. until 2 in the morning. And on the seventh day, it would be live karaoke with a band. You get to pretend you're a rock star with a band, like they had at Arlene's Groceries in Manhattan for years. You get up on stage with a band, they know about 300 songs, you tell them what song you want, boom, yeah? Or if there's a band in town that I happen to know, maybe Foreigner or I don't know, uh, Breaking Benjamin or whoever, hey, would you come to my karaoke bar and, you know, give you the stage one night? You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be the best club in the world. So if anyone's out there listening and you want to invest in something cool, I know how to run a karaoke place. That place in, in Russia, they had it made so well. It cost $33 to get in, in Russian money, obviously, but it was it came to 33 American dollars. And um, you pay $33 to get in. And then that money goes towards your first, I mean, towards your drinks and your food. You, you know, you can put it all towards food or all towards drinks. Why do they do this? So that people don't just come in off this fucking street and sit there and nurse a glass of water for eight hours and sing. That's why. And they had big ass bodyguards at the front door. Giant, like <laughs> six foot five, giant Russian dudes. But the place was spotless, super, super clean and modern. And on every one of those 10 tables was an iPad and a charging station for the cordless mics. So you use the iPad to communicate with the DJ. You don't have to get up and go bother the fucking DJ. You chick pick out your song and he, you know, it just goes in rotation like that. You pick out your song from the iPad. You order your drinks from the iPad. You order your food from the iPad. And the cordless mics, when you're done singing, you put it back on the charger. I mean, they're fucking efficient, man. Best karaoke ever. Second best was in Berlin, a place called the Green Mango. Delicious place. Great food, great drinks. DJ's amazing. The sound was fucking spectacular. It was a karaoke bar. Seven nights a week they had karaoke. And they had a stripping pole. They had a strip pole on stage. So if you want to get crazy when you're on stage singing, you can. Whatever. But um, I have to say I'm very disappointed with karaoke around here in Jersey where I live. Like, I don't know. I guess it's like once you've had the best, it's really hard to, to, to go down in standards. 
the same as if you're with a partner. You know, if you have really, really, really great sex with somebody and then you break up and then years later you meet someone else and you have really shitty sex, you're like, oh my God, wow, you know? Well, that's what it's like having sang in karaoke in, in Moscow and then coming back here to some shitty fucking place lee's hawaiian in lindhurst for example shitty the shittiest karaoke ever so you know where am i going with this whole conversation i'm overtired point is i went from karaoke to getting pissed off waiting a couple hours to sing making my own band so i can sing every song which was great by the way and now i'm back to karaoke again i just love to sing i didn't even know that until i was like 30 where I didn't even, I've never sang before. Like my family forced me to sing at a pizza place in Connecticut. They, the deep, it was a karaoke night and my family, put, my uncle and cousins put my name up there to say, I'm like, no, 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 I don't sing. The DJ's like, we have a virgin in the house. I'm like, huh? No. And then the whole bar was like, sing, sing, sing. It was, I was over visiting from Berlin. I think, I can't remember what year it was, but it was like 30. They're like, get up and sing. I'm like, no. And I had to because all the girls were sneering at me. I was dressed very European-like. <laughs> I had a black rubber dress on and my hair was like Princess Leia. Oh, my God. Anyways, I sang. I did um, Proud Mary from Tina Turner. And all the pressure on me, everybody staring at me. I was like, I better, I better do a good job. And my family was like, whoa. And I fucking nailed it. And then I got addicted to it. So if you're afraid to try karaoke, try it. It's so fun that you just want to keep doing it again and again. That's why people are become addicts. They become karaoke addicts. It's crazy. It's fun. Now I'll try anything. I'll sing Van Halen. I'll sing fucking Patsy Cline. Like when you first start out, you stick in your comfort zone, don't you? You stick you find a song that you're good at and you stick with that and then you add another song in and then you're like oh god I can't keep singing the same two songs you have to keep adding to your collection now I don't care I mean there's no way on earth I'll ever sing Mariah Carey obviously because I have a very raspy voice but um it's so fun trying a new song so um I love music and uh singing is extremely fun and I hope you like the song. I hope you can find me somewhere online to tell me what you think about it. That's what I want to hear, your feedback. And don't hold back. If you don't like it, tell me. If you like it, please feel free to tell me that too, okay? Do not kiss my ass. If you don't like it, blast me, okay? Bring it on. I welcome all feedback. So now I'll shut up and let you listen to the song. Well, there's probably going to be an ad in here because that's what you're supposed to do when you have a podcast. You're supposed to throw in one of those ads. And so after the ad, you'll hear me, okay? Listen here. Live
So I hope you like the song. I want to add one more thing to this little podcast that just seems to keep growing. That um, I learned my lesson. <coughs> well, the lesson wasn't don't burp during the podcast, obviously. I learned my lesson about younger men, okay? The, the nail in the coffin, the nail in that coffin, the younger man coffin, was the experience with Desmond's father, who's younger than me. He's 20 years younger than me, let me think. He's 21 years younger than me, Desmond's father. So Desmond's nine, his father is 21 years younger than me. <sighs> Whatever. Um, I mean, I, I'm done. I am fucking so done with younger men. They look good. Yes, they look good. And I hope any men listening to this can relate with this. You like younger women, right? Why? Because they look hot. Their breasts are supple. Their skin is soft and tender. And they are vivacious and hornier and have more energy. And they're more spontaneous. Um, you know, what's that expression? Young, dumb, and full of cum? I don't know what it is. But for me, um, I suppose my youthful appearance confuses guys when I go out and they don't know how old I am. So I get hit on by younger guys all the time, even now, even still. Okay. Even now, like 21 year olds are hitting on me. <laughs> I'm like, please stop. You know, the police song, Don't Stand So Close to Me? That song comes to mind at least once a week. I'm, you know, I'm not bragging or something. I'm just telling you, I get hit on by younger guys. And it's like, can you stop? It's already hard enough, you know? Um, it's like an addict being, an ex-addict being offered junk or something, you know? Just, uh, yes, they're adorable, but what do they lead to? It reminds me of what Janet says in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. She says, um, it only leads to seat wedding. Heavy petting only leads to seat wedding. You know the song, Touch It, Touch It, Touch Me? Yeah, the lyrics in that song. What I'm saying, like, yes, it's fun for a few hours or a few months or whatever, and then, you know, um, <sighs> I don't have time for it anymore. It's, they need too much. They need too much attention. They need too much time. And they don't give back what, what I need, you know? I mean, I don't even have time. I don't even have time for any guy. It doesn't matter what age they are, by the way. Old, young, whatever. I have no time because of the fruition of a relationship I had with a younger man. You see? So it's like a vicious circle. <laughs> Great. I had fun with a younger man, and now I have a very younger man named Desmond, who's nine, which prevents me from having any man at all, period. So I've learned my fucking lesson, you know? Don't stay out of the kitchen if you can't handle the heat. I'm out of the fucking kitchen, man, forever. Like, I'm done. They look cute and everything, and they're hot, but they don't... Oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm not going to marry one of them, and it's just, it's I can't. So, you know... It's not like they're fickle and they put me down. They they never put me down. They never want to stop. They just want to carry on forever. None of them walk away and say, oh, I'm bored now. I'm done. Or you're too old. They, they never do that. They just they just want to uh, hang on forever, you know. And um, however, Desmond's dad, 
yeah, that's another whole fucking story, isn't it? Um, I got burnt by that one. I mean, it's not that he left me because he was bored. He had ulterior motives. I was too trusting. Um, my fault. If you get burnt by someone and you don't trust your inner voice, it's, it's your fault. It's not that person's fault because there's always going to be people that want to take advantage of you for one reason or another. You know, if you're a guy and there's a younger girl after you and you have money, maybe she's after your money. Maybe she's after your fame or your power. Hopefully she's after just your big cock. That's what you want. I get it. And there's just so many different angles about relationships. You know, you never know. I just don't have time for any of that noise. I've had enough. All right. I've had enough fun. Do not pity me at all. I'm happy as hell. All right. Everything's great. I take care of Desmond. Once in a while, my friend Brandon helps me. Um, but yeah, that's about it, actually. There's not, nobody else really helps. Girls don't help. My girlfriends don't help. They're like, hell no, I don't have a kid. But yeah, no, there's, the whole younger man thing is um, has resolved itself. And this song, Younger Man, is basically saying, you know, I wrote that back in 2007. I should have followed that song see that's the thing I wrote the song saying you know um, just listen to the lyrics I'm trying to warn myself to stay away from younger men and I didn't listen and here I am with a nine-year-old okay so I'm, I'm happy I have a nine-year-old god it's a blessing isn't it he's lovely it's just that um, the father's not around is he <laughs> he shows up once a year or something to say hi you know what I mean so younger people are more irresponsible and unreliable and uh, that comes with it the age you know they look young and cute don't they but do they have their shit together are they reliable those things are important when a kid gets involved you know what I mean so uh, and uh, another thing I should have taken my grandmother's advice before she died I mean she didn't say it on her deathbed but she did say now Dorothy, her name is Dorothy too. Now Dorothy, remember this. You can either be a younger man's slave or an older man's princess. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Grandma. I mean, to be fair, my first husband, Jasmine's dad, Benjamin Stein, I think he's like one year younger than me. So, you know, that's not a big age difference. But we were both too young. He was... 19 and I was 20 or something when we got together and got knocked up and married and all this stuff. So we were just too young. We parted, parted ways very peacefully. Everything's great. But um, I just never learned my damn lesson. It's not like I go out looking for younger men, okay? I never have. In fact, I'm, I don't go out looking for men at all. I just go outside of my house and get hit on. And they it's... 99% of the time, it's young guys. So, you know, everyone thinks I have affairs with rock stars. I don't have to ever have affairs with rock stars because I have young, hot guys throwing themselves at me all the time, my whole life. So, yes, I fell for Joey, but I was 15 and he was 29, something like that. And I just, I love Joey. He's so fun to be around. You know, who's, who said age ain't nothing but a number? Was it R. Kelly? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. 
it's it's not my fault that they those are the guys that hit on me i mean yes of course older guys do too but you know if there's a six foot tall wicked hot looking dude and everybody has their own definition of hot i have a strange definition of hot mm. staring you down then uh it's hard to resist sometimes if it's getting thrown at you all day and night once in a while you got to give in you know what i mean i'm only human i'm only human born to make mistakes why is it that everything i say it, i i can pull the lyric from a song that's just what i am i am the dj i am what i play so yeah that's another long rant for me all i wanted to do was put this fucking song on the interzones for people to enjoy and here I am talking my ass off which means I should definitely start doing my podcast again more regularly because I still have to get back to book part four don't I I know if you've been listening to me the whole time you're like bitch just stop with all the other distractions and get back to book part two remember you were making out with Bowie in the bathroom we want the continuation of that I know I know I got to get back there I do just I'm just swamped Desmond keeps me so busy and why oh because of a younger man so here we go so this okay this is hilarious while I was uh recording the first part of this podcast I was snooping on my laptop to see if I could actually find adios adios hedgehog and I found it so the song I was talking about is the second song I wrote I wrote the lyrics to a song called adios hedgehog Written about an ex, his last name is Hedwick, an English guy from Accrington, England. And um, so I wrote the lyrics to Younger Man and Audios Hedgehog, Hedgehog, and I presented them to the band. And I had a little idea of what melody I wanted, but I'm not good at writing music. I can't write notes or anything. So I presented the lyrics to the band. They wrote um, a song for me. And Timo, the guitar player, used his voice to lay it down and he's like and sent it to me sent me the file and he goes this is what it's going to sound like just come into the studio and lay down your vocals when you have time and i never i never had time i never went back but after this description of the song and the lyrics of the song you're going to hear the song but let me give you the background about the song okay first of all i'm going to read you the lyrics okay it's it's fucking hilarious, okay? So here are the lyrics to Adios Hedgehog. He's called Hedgehog because he's shorter than me and it rhymes with his last name, sort of. So here it goes. Hey, Mr. Bait and Switch, you psycho son of a bitch. You are shorter than me, that just won't do. Only thing you did was massage and screw. And that's just because I taught you to. Taught you to. It takes the girls weeks to escape from you. Locking them in your house just won't do. I hope when you hear the song, you start to shake and bite what's left of your nails. Get nervous like you do. Here's the chorus. Goodbye, insecure, tiny scammer. I hope they toss you in the slammer. I'm glad it's over, finally sober now, not drunk on your big lies anymore. Your music bores, so save your pennies for the whores. Such a fibber, pretentious Indian giver. So move on, shorty, it's over. Won't take your stalking anymore. Remember this sound, what goes around comes around, you vicious little troll. Here comes the chorus again. 
Goodbye, insecure, tiny scammer. I hope they toss you in the slammer. This parting has surely inspired. You say there are ten men at my door? Send one home. I'm tired. Now, that last little bit I borrowed from Mae West. The quote, you say there are ten men at my door? Send one home. I'm tired. That is Mae West, but the rest of the lyrics are from me. And you're wondering, why did you write about somebody getting locked in a house? Well, let me tell you. I went to visit him from Berlin to Accrington, England, and he fucking locked me in his two-story house at one point. I wanted to go out and go power walking by myself, maybe explore, maybe socialize, because he was so fucking busy smoking weed and writing songs and recording music and stuff, thinking he's going to be a big fucking star. But he smoked weed 24-7, and you're never going to get anywhere when you do that. I don't smoke weed. He was smoking weed 24-7. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to go out. And he was like, no. It was like 7 p.m. I'm like, I want to go out. And he wouldn't. He fucking locked the door and hid the key. In England and in Europe, you can lock your house door from the inside with a key. And if you don't have that key, you're fucked. So I went upstairs. He's in his little studio, homemade studio. And I went upstairs and I jumped out of the second story window. It wasn't that high up and I landed in the dirt. So my ankles hurt a little bit, but I just took off fucking running. I ran and I ran. And he didn't live downtown Accrington. He lived like in the suburbs outside of Accrington. So I ran for quite a while lots of, um, through lots of neighborhoods until I um, got to a pub. So I'm wearing like jogging gear, you know, tight stretchy pants and a sweatshirt and sneakers and I got my hair in a ponytail and remember I'm in England and I'm American so I I find a I come across this pub and I run into the pub like like that like out of breath I'm telling you everyone in that pub stopped talking and looked at me because everybody obviously knows each other in these tiny little towns and they just looked at me like what the fuck and I said uh, hi, uh, you know, just and they're, they're still looking at me like and the bartender, this big woman, she goes, are you all right? Are you lost, love? Are you all right? I go, no, I'm not all right. I just escaped. I'm staying up the street at this guy's house and he locked me in his house. They're like, what's his name? And I told them, I told them his name and they go, we don't know anybody with that name. Apparently, he's such a recluse. He worked in London, I think, and he always had to go back and forth on the train. He didn't hang out in pubs or whatever. So they never they never knew who he was. And I had to explain the whole story to everyone in the pub. They were like, what the fuck is an American girl doing here in the middle of England who's been locked in somebody's house? Like Rapunzel, like what the fuck? So I had to explain the whole story. And they were like enamored with the story. <laughs> and, you know, the lady ended up, you know, making some food for me and pub food, you know, and I played uh, foosball. They had a foosball table in the back room. So I was playing foosball with the guys and the guys were really digging me. As you can imagine, they're like, oh my God, an American girl, you know. Mm. So apparently Hedgehog realized I jumped out the window and was trying to stalk me, track me down. So he drove everywhere. But the lady behind the bar closed all the curtains. She's like, I closed the curtains, love. So he... Well, she said it in the British accent. She's like, I closed the curtains, love, so that he couldn't peek in and find me, you know. And um, apparently he walked in the front door for a second, but I was hiding behind the chimney, and he looked around and walked back out. So I, she's like, was that him? And I'm like, did he have 
blondish hair. She's like, yeah. I'm like, so I was getting scared now. I'm like, I don't want to see him. I don't like this guy anymore. I'm afraid. I don't like anyone locking me in their house. She goes, you're right. You know, but I didn't have a cell phone on me. You know, the one I had was a German cell phone. So it didn't work in England anyways. And so um, after a while, he called the bar. I guess he was calling every bar trying to find me. And the woman started feeling sorry for him. Like he pulled out his sociopath fucking sob story saying that, oh, I'm, I'm hurting him by leaving and all this. Other. He twisted the story around, making her almost start to uh, show sympathy towards the English guy and animosity towards the American woman all within like a couple hours because the big old fat lady behind the bar was getting kind of pissed that I'm playing foosball with the guys and having a good time you know but whatever um so he's like oh I just want to leave her a salad on your front step is that okay and she's like went out to the front step and brought the salad she goes look how nice he is he brought you a salad I'm like he's just trying to fucking play the victim trust me and so you know um Eventually, he came in the back door, and I'm, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. That was not called for. You cannot lock someone in your house. He's like, oh, please don't make me embarrassed in front of all these people. I'm like, no, no, you can't lock people in your house. I'm done. It's over. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I go, I don't know, but it's, I'm done. It's over. So I had to actually go back to his house eventually to get my stuff, and I called friends that I had in a couple towns over, um, Burnley which is not that far and um I escaped I gotta I get rid of him I'm done I was done I was like bye so that's why I wrote this song that's kind of full of animosity about him and uh you know the day before I should have taken hint the day before he took me out to eat and while we're waiting for the food he goes so dot he said with a very tight lip what are we gonna do about my music career hmm and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know all those rock stars, and you haven't helped my career one bit. I'm like, um, I don't know record company people. I know actual rock stars, and they don't help other rock stars. So he started to get really pissy with me and angry that I wasn't helping his career. And I started to think about it. I'm like, so that's what this was all about. Like, we met each other on MySpace. And on my MySpace page, I had lots of pictures of me with my rock star clients. He probably thought to himself, oh, wow, there's my free ticket right there. You know what I mean? So the whole relationship was based on him using me to get famous. I mean, he actually flew to America to meet me. And then when I went, I was back, I was pedaling back and forth between Berlin and New Jersey, Berlin and New Jersey. He came to New York and we met, you know, and he seemed really nice and and kind and funny and stuff so we continued our online friendship and then I went from Berlin to England to to meet him and visit him and then he fucking showed his psycho side you know um so anyways out of that whole experience I wrote that song adios hedgehog and I do believe I even sent him the lyrics at one point ha ha so you're gonna hear the song now but remember it's not my vocals it's Timo the guitar player's vocals but I wrote the song and I guess I should find someone to help me uh, get my vocals on it. But the lyrics are kind of mean. I don't know if I should publish that anywhere big. I mean, the podcast is, you know, we'll keep that between us, won't we? But anyways, here you go. Here's a song. I hope you find it really funny. Enjoy.
the ditch You are shorter than me That just won't do The only thing you did Was massage and screw And that's just cause I took you Locking them in your house just won't do I hope when you hear the song You start to shake and bite What's left of your nerves Get nervous like you do Goodbye, insecure Tiny scammer I hope they trust you The slimmer I'm getting sober now Finally sober now Not drunk on your lies, babe, anymore You say my music bores So save the pens for the wars Such a flavor pretentious Baby, I'm giving And I hope they toss you in the slammer. Goodbye, insecure, tiny scammer. Ten at my door, in one hole. In one home